This week, I thought we'd talk about the process of having to say no. It's come up before in some of our chats, and I actually had a great engaging conversation about this on LinkedIn today. Saying no is is a challenging prospect, uh, be it at work, be it in our personal lives. We only have 24 hours a day and seven days in a week. And a lot of those hours and a lot of those days, there's things that we need to do for ourselves, our objectives, uh, again, be it professional, professional or personal. And there are things people ask of us that we either don't have the time for or the energy for, or more to the point, we do not want to accommodate those things. It might not be the right decision for the moment. It might not be a cost-effective decision. It might, it might not be a strategic decision. So there can be a lot of reasons, valid reasons, to say no to a request. And yet it's a really difficult thing to do. In the conversations I had uh, with folks one-on-one or online, there was a, a good couple points brought up that uh, trust is a major factor. This is definitely something I wrote about in my blog. Trust being so key for someone to hear no from yourself and not take it the wrong way and know you had probably some good reasons for your decision. More importantly, people know that perhaps, and this is where there's a little bit of, uh, shall we say, calculation, you can call it, or balance or harmony, if we're being more charitable. People know that perhaps this time so-and-so said no to me and didn't have the uh, the capability to grant my request. But it is entirely possible that down the line, maybe some time later, in a different scenario, they could accommodate me, even if it's not the perfect thing to say yes to, and make it up to me. So as you can see, there's a lot of different ways to look at yes and no. And of course, goes without saying that more often than not, we'll end up saying kind of yes or kind of no. So compromise and collaboration. Collaboration being where the two parties, assuming it's just two parties, might find enough time and resources for common ground to be achieved, and uh, neither party has to give up a whole lot. That's collaboration, right? And compromise is where, yes, the parties do give something up, but it's done in such a manner that feels fair and equitable. And it might be, you know, the best decision we can come up with given the amount of time and money and other resources available to us. So we've thought about things like yes and no and maybe. We've talked about collaboration and compromise. 
Another suggestion that was very interesting, uh, or a question actually in the comments was, how do you handle, well, let me, let me give the full context and then we'll dive into that, uh, comment. So the, the, the comment was that, uh, you know, appreciating the, the discussion overall, but, uh, specifically saying, do you find that it's easy to say yes or no? specifically no to people that are closest to you to people that are faceless like a marketer telemarketer customer service person somebody you've never met you're never going to meet and it's hard however if you have to say no to someone that let's say is like a relative colleague, not a close friend, not someone necessarily that has a lot of impact in your life, but sufficient, um, shall we say, FaceTime with you that you can't be too harsh about things. You can't be too blunt about things. And yet they're not so close to you that like a close friend or a close colleague uh, that they have the cachet of trust and, and bonhomie with you that they trust your decision. And I think that's where one has to get really thoughtful about the blend of emotional language, like, hey, it's really tough right now. Um, I hope you understand where I'm coming from versus practical language and feasibility type language. Like, hey, you know, the numbers aren't really working out. Um, you know, I think if we could hit this number, you know, profit wise, I could say yes, but I'm, you know, not quite there yet. And in, in the discussions thereof is, you know, time is a factor, like not yet. Like, you know, uh, I think I might have mentioned this in the article as well. Uh, but it's certainly something that I've used where you don't have to say a hard no right. You can say not right now. Okay. And, uh, of, of uh, many of us have had, you know, parents and uh, elders and so on that'll say, let's talk about this. Uh, and it's definitely, you know, it, you, your ears might go prick like, oh my goodness, is that, is that just a, a stalling tactic? But let's hope for a minute that people are being sincere and asking for a little bit extra time to talk things through, maybe consider options and not have to jump to uh, a decision right away. Many times in my personal experience, we found that uh, circumstances change dramatically over a period of months and they make it easier to say yes. And perhaps even the entire decision might change and the request that came to us in the first place uh, might not even be valid anymore. For example, uh, let's say it was an economic downturn, right? Like 2008 or when COVID hit in 2020 and um, people might be making, uh, I, I hate to use the word panic, but uh, shall we say emergency decisions regarding finances, like, oh, should we sell everything, sell this, sell that, you know, raise some cash, what should we do? And again, you should always talk to a, a qualified advisor when you do these things. It's possible that in some of those scenarios, there was somebody who said, for this particular decision, let's say selling a house or a property, not yet, hold on, you know, let's, let's just bite some time. And 
you know, the economy did bounce back. Now, of course, there's reasons why it bounced back and there's reasons why, um, you know, that's not sustainable or it is sustainable, depending who you talk to. But the point is for the average person holding on in those two critical scenarios, 2008 and 2020, for some people holding on to the respective assets and just giving it a minute to recover paid off because there was a recovery, right? And, you know, people, people were able to get back their value. And so then once the economy bounced back, then the panic request to sell everything or sell certain things, uh, weren't even valid anymore. Time is a big factor is the point we're trying to make. And timing, therefore, is a big factor. So to all this to say that when you're confronted with that decision, uh, that with that request, I should say, and someone's come at you and has a question about, uh, can you do this for me? Can we do this? Can we, or, uh, you know, it could even be a request to not do something, right? Works both ways. And you're in that hot seat and you don't, like we said, you don't have the luxury of time to request a delay. You don't have the cachet of trust to request, you know, uh, understanding. And let's say it's not so cut and dried with the numbers, right? And so it's not an easy, you know, black and white mathematical answer. What do you do then? Well, first ask yourself, what would you do? Would you have brought up that question? Would you be able to make a counter argument for it in your own mind? And most importantly, does it fit with the sort of not so cut and dried aspects of business, which are strategy, values, mission and vision, culture, all of those things. So for example, um, I had a client that uh, uh, told me a great story about how they survived uh, COVID by pivoting their business. Now, without saying too much about the client or the company or the line of work they're in, there were certain ideas suggested to, uh, you know, again, should we do a fire sale? Should we sell these assets? Should we, uh, you know, let go this many people? Uh, should we do this or that or the other? Again, panic because money's getting tight. The economy is taking a hit. So what the, what the CEO did, my client did something very brave. Um, he not only hung on to the present lines of business that they already had, um, and adapted to, you know, remote and social distancing and all the other requirements of the time, but also they added on additional lines of business and those lines of business were more conducive to a work from home environment, shall we say, uh, than the previous lines of work were. And so when the economy did bounce back and then remote from work, remote work uh, became less of a thing. Now, the 
lines of business have increased, the number of verticals have increased, the total gross volume has increased, and the customer retention increased. Not saying that this is an easy thing to do, and not saying that everyone can make these kinds of decisions, but it was a bold move, and and, uh, I applaud such thinking. But ultimately, what made it work was this person knew his customers, and they he knew what they needed, what add-on services that were related to the core value of the business could be added on, such that you didn't go from selling Coca-Cola, shall we say, to, you know, selling milk, right? Because there's not a lot of connection, although I know it's entirely possible that there is some combination uh, through the conglomerates. But you get my point. There's some connection between snack foods and soda, and, and there's a lot of sense in having that as your product line and your product collection. And so that kind of thinking allows for out-of-the-box solutions to problems. And so that's what, you know, uh, I, I thought somebody in the comments made a great uh, phrase of this, which was, I've got a better idea for you. So the idea is you can say yes, you can say no, you can say maybe, you can say let's talk about this, you can say let's bounce around some additional ideas, who knows what we'll come up with. And most importantly, you don't give up. That I think is the biggest takeaway of this discussion is to have that conversation, you know, again, assuming you have the time and the, uh, you know, it's not something that's in a crunch moment. But even even if that's the case and you had to make a judgment call in the moment, go with your gut feeling, as we always say. But then find time afterward with the person that came with the request. Try to have a conversation. So at least they know that, you know, in that moment, I was, my hands were tied. But, you know, in the hypothetical, this is the kind of conversation I would like to have with you. And who knows the relationship you build with the person as a result might be exactly what you need to build a strong culture of saying, yes, let's do this. Maybe not exactly how you want it, but let's do this. Well, folks, that I think is a great discussion for now. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, give us a like, share, subscribe, whichever platform you're on. Tell your friends about it. Feel free to message me on LinkedIn or go to culturalspeak.com and drop us an email. Always happy to hear your thoughts and comments and engage with you as we keep posting fresh content to help you talk better together. Have a good rest of your week.